Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are near, and I will fear no
So we've been having a lot of conversations with God in our community. I've been having some crazy dreams. We had a prophetic uh, worship service uh, last weekend. Um, and these are such great opportunities to have these conversations that go deep with God and to put things into action that he's asking us to do. So why don't we pray together as we get started today? Oh, Father God, we thank you that you are here with us um, in this life, Lord, uh, walking us through it, and that you are a God who speaks, um, and you are a God who wants to counsel us. Lord, we pray that these conversations would go deep, um, that we would continue seeking after you for answers and action steps, for things that we can do to be your salt and light in this world. Um, Lord, speak through us and to us uh, continually and help us to walk out what you're saying pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I mean, to me, like small groups has always been something, has always been a part of my life since I became a Christian. You know, so I, I've always, um, I've always valued it, you know, because I feel like that's, it's one thing to go to church, but it's um, in a small group, you know, you actually get to know people and people get to know you. whether you realize it or not but little kids are actually like built-in excuses you know so you could you could not show up for stuff you could be late for things and just blame it on the kids and they can't say anything right so yeah so for me I, I think that's kind of the realization I, I came to was that it was really hard for a lot of families to to go to small group you know because of the kids because you're worried about the kids crying or the kids interrupting the meeting interrupting sharing also for us, we really wanted to create like a family-friendly group where um, you, know, you don't have to have kids, but if you have kids, feel comfortable knowing that, hey, you can step in and out, you know, not have to worry about interrupting people. And everybody kind of understands that as part of the culture. You know, so that, that was kind of something that um, we really wanted to do. Over Zoom, it's a little bit different because the kids don't really interact. So the, the whole kid factor is gone um and then there's there's really no partner you know and um and for me i you know i i really value the time before and after ohana group you know so for me i feel like those are sometimes you know like get a lot of the ohana group but a lot of times i feel like the real stuff actually comes out either before or after you know, people would stick around and, and open up or share in more detail about what um you know, you catch up. So, and I feel like with Zoom, it's been really challenging to have that because everybody kind of logs on at the same time. And, you know, once somebody says, oh, I got to go, then everybody kind of just logs off. <laughs> Having the Ohana group, I think, really help us, reminds us, you know, and refocuses, you know, especially like right now, we don't have church. We don't have too many gatherings, you know. So, a lot of, um, I feel like the Ohana group really helps people to. Just kind of remind us, you know, how big a part of the life God is. If you'd like to know more about this or any of our other Ohana groups, check out our website at www.bluewettermission.org and click on the Get Connected tab. Any of our Ohana group leaders would love to talk to you. Hey there, Blue Water family. It was fantastic to join with about a hundred of you this last Sunday night at our prophecy service. For those of you who were able to come and be a part of it. I hope that you were blessed. I know I was encouraged and just the worship time alone was just a wonderful opportunity for us. We were so excited about that, that we are going to be trying to put together another worship night uh, toward the end of February. So please keep your eyes open for that. 
uh, down the road. We're looking to great things in our church. Uh, we're looking forward to our youth mission trip in June. Uh, we're looking forward to finally getting back together in some format uh, in the next few months. And until then, please just keep holding on to your faith, meeting in your Ahana groups, um, and personally encouraging your own personal walk with Jesus. Uh, if Blue Water is your home church, we really value your support. We thank you for continuing to support the work of our church, the different ways that we are trying to do ministry. Uh, you can give via our website, or you can also give on the old uh, mail a check to the office method. Uh, let's take a quick moment and pray for our kids. Lord Jesus, we thank you especially for the children of this church. Uh, thanks that we're all your kids, but we thank you for our little ones, for our middle schoolers, for our teens. God, we pray that your spirit would be with them this week and that they would make contact with the living God. Know that you are faithful. Uh, become familiar with your promises. Uh, we pray for our families, uh, that they would be encouraged this week in special ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, you guys, and let's tune in to the rest of our service. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. You heard that one? Mm -hmm. yep. The teaching about the narrow gate. I would summarize by saying, don't follow the crowd. That would be a bad idea. Don't rely on the herd for everything because it's going to get you into trouble. I have that on Jesus' authority. If you follow the Lord, if you are a believer, then you need the ability to say, wait a minute, this is where I get off. This is where I, I take my own turn. I go my own way. This is where I make my own call to veer or to stay or to go or to lead rather than follow or to follow rather than rebel or something like that. You need the ability to say, all right, this is where I exert me on my own life, which is to say, this is the point where I become an individual. This is the point where I choose to be independent before the Lord. To be healthy, to be a free person, and ultimately to be a saved person, a restored person, everyone needs the ability to be independent, to be an individual, or else uh, there's so much that we're gonna miss and misunderstand in life. This is a difficult season in the world. Maybe you've noticed there are a lot of different pressures on our lives right now. It's been a year unlike any other that any of us have faced. Uh, been financial pressure, plenty of political pressure, plenty of social pressure, perhaps some medical pressure. Um, there have been more accusations in the air, just in the atmosphere, more vitriol in the air than at any other time during my life. Uh, and all of our social and community institutions have been uh, shut down or reshaped or restricted somehow. And that influenced us quite a bit. Even our social media has been uh, alternately flooded with uh, provocative content 
or filtered uh, from disfavored content. Uh, it's just pressure filled out there. Lots of pressure from the world in a whole bunch of different ways from a whole lot of different directions. And the trick is not to, learn, not to let the pressure turn into some kind of inappropriate influence or control. You need the ability to stand up against that and to be uh, your own individual. When the pressure is everywhere and always in life, it can be deceptively easy to lose your personal balance, to lose your personal direction, and you can lose yourself in the midst of all of that. And that's really what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about being independent in a healthy way in this crazy season that we're in. About yourself. Uh, you've probably heard me say a hundred times, only God makes actual individuals. That's kind of what God does. God makes powerful individuals. The actual individual, the independent person, is the rarest creature on earth, in my opinion. Also the most powerful creature and the most creative creature, creature and the most free creature on earth. One of the most repeated themes in scripture, like all of scripture, is the need for us to separate from the crowd from time to time for the sake of righteousness and godliness and ministry. Uh, the need to be your own person before the Lord. Uh, and just think about all the scriptures that speak to that. I bet if you took some time, you could probably come up with a whole bunch of different stories. There's the, the narrow gate scripture uh, that I just read. Don't follow the crowd. Uh, go back to the beginning. There's Abraham being called out of his people and being sent on his own in order to discover a deeper relationship with God. You can think of David standing alone in front of Goliath. That's that's a story of a fairly powerful individual, a guy willing to do his own thing when necessary. Um, you can skip ahead to Jesus and just think about all the different ways in which Jesus was unique and independent and how necessary that was for him to be who he was and to do what he, he did. Whether it was like gently defying his family in, in Mark chapter 3 or blatantly defying the crowds of Pharisees and Sadducees and religious rulers, which he did like all the time in the Gospels, or, or maybe going it alone uh, without his support group in prayer in Gethsemane on the night before uh, he died. He needed the ability to, to really be independent in order to follow through on the things that the Lord had for him to do. Uh, you can look to the disciples. You can look to uh, Peter being led by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10 to treat Gentiles as individuals, uh, individuals before God, instead of treating them as one oppressive group that the Jews did not like. Uh, you can think of Paul weathering all sorts of criticisms from his peers, whether they be unbelieving Jews or Christian Jews for his ministry to the Gentiles in different places of the world in the way that he thought about what God was up to with them. You can skip to the end of the Bible, Revelations chapter 2, where we see the spirit of Jesus speaking. He says this, Revelations 2.17. This is an interesting verse. 
look it up sometime. To the one who is victorious, God will give a white stone with a name that only you and he know. Actually, what it says is, to the one who is victorious, God will give a white stone with a name that only you understand. In other words, God gives you a name. God gives you an identity so personalized that you're the only person who can get it. Now that's unique. You know, that's, that's individuated. That's God seeing you as a person, as an individual, uh, which is something that he delights in. God loves personhood. He's all about it. Like any good parent with his children, I should think. Uh, but he also loves personhood and independent strength so that the crowd, whatever it is that's crowded in on you, so that the crowd doesn't control you and or doesn't make you feel lost and overlooked. Both things can happen when there's an intense crowd or crowding in on life. Um, the pressure of the crowd can control you or the overwhelming nature of the crowd can make you feel lost and adrift and overlooked. And both of those things are bad. Both of those things can rob you of personhood, make you feel unseen and not unique before the Lord. Are you following me? Yeah. Not in unison, people. <laughs> no. Ah, well. Uh, groups are important, of course. Communities are important. We do run a church after all, uh, which is a sort of community. And uh, you've heard me say that culture is the best coach. Group culture can be the most powerful of all teachers. It can be enormously helpful. It can be used for great good in the world. Uh, but, but we do have to say that we have to be careful how we apply groups and how we apply culture and peer pressure and, and, and politics and socializing and anything that has to do with group pressure and group think. Um, it is so dangerous. Uh, if you went to Sunday school when you were a kid, anybody here go to Sunday school when they were a kid? Yeah, yeah. No, because... Pagans. Yeah, all pagans, yeah. Thank God he got a hold of us eventually, right? Uh, but if you went to Sunday school, one of the first things your teachers taught you in Sunday school was this. Just because everybody's doing it, or just because everybody's thinking it, doesn't mean that you need to go along. Every, every Sunday school program I, I have knowledge of has that as a primary lesson. You have to teach your kid that early on. Otherwise, right? Because what's the big danger? What's the big danger to our morality and our spiritual integrity early on? It's peer pressure, of course, right? It's the big one. As soon as they get out of your control and get out there in the world, right? That's what's going to get them or that's how the enemy is going to get at them. And every parent knows that instinctively. Every kid's minister knows that instinctively. Right, Rolo? Yes. Yes. It's a good lesson uh, to learn. So I've talked about this a lot over the years. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of godly independence. Um, I have that proverb, only God makes actual individuals. I have found it so powerful and important in my life. And I've talked about this concept more so lately just because the atmosphere has been so full 
of, of pressure and, and, and the temptations of groupthink. Such a dangerous thing. But we're doing a series on life in this season, right? And, and the idea being that this should be a, a time of progress for us, even though it's a time of shutdown in a lot of ways. This should be a time of sowing for us, of positive action to the extent that we can do it, because there is a time of harvest just around the corner. Uh, this shutdown won't last forever. So on a series of life in this season, okay, what does that have to do with the ability to not follow the crowd, to be a person, to be an individual before uh, the Lord? Well, you know, there's a lot going on right now um, that is a threat to your personhood. This is a combination of social pressures that I ran through earlier, all sorts of group pressure combined with isolation, right? It's, just, it's a crazy situation. On the one hand, I think there's more group pressure, social pressure, political pressure on you right now than probably any other time during your lifetime. But there's a fair chance you're also more isolated right now, that you're relating to fewer people, that you spend more time on your own than in any other time during your lifetime. Isn't that strange? So on the one hand, you can be controlled. On the other hand, you can kind of feel lost and adrift, which are the two dangers of the crowd, right? The two dangers that we face when we're not very good at being independent individuals. You follow me so far? I need a clap in unison. Wow. Wow. Got more control over this crowd than I thought. Um, uh, on the one hand, the world situation is requiring us to be more dependent than ever, right? Because of all our independent means, all our means of providing for ourselves have been shut down. All of our normal roots of life, whatever that means for you, work or school or or relating have been shut down. So you're dependent on whatever you can get, right? You may be dependent on the government more than ever. You may be dependent on services, certain social services uh, more than ever. Uh, but you need to be independent about the way that you relate to people and the way that you make decisions about your future uh, because the services that you are receiving right now won't last forever. It's just so disorienting. It's just so disorienting right now and you can get lost. And into that fog, I want to speak a message today. Uh, I want to speak a simple message and it is simply this. You can do it. You got this. Right? You're powerful. God is with you. Precisely you, actually. Like he's got plans for you. And that's just something that every believer needs to keep track of. And I think particularly at a strange time like this. One, uh, one problem with crowd behavior is that uh, you lose track of, of your person. You lose track of yourself. You lose track of what you're capable of. And in this disorienting season, you might lose track of those things. When the dust settles, as it will eventually, you still got to manage you. And because your situation might be disorienting right now, 
you've got to get comfortable with independent thought and independent action if you're going to make the most of it, if you're going to sow constructively in your life right now. Or, or Satan will just rob you. He'll just use all of this to rob you. People are often too happy to trade their independent thought or independent conduct for the sorts of false securities that Satan offers. Beware. Don't go that route. It's broad and easy and it leads to destruction. Shake it off. Be an individual before the Lord. Tons of scriptures about this uh, theme, uh, as I mentioned, and the one I was thinking about uh, over the last day or so is, is maybe not the first one that you would think of, but it's a story I've been thinking about a lot for different reasons. It's the story of Hagar and Ishmael. It's from Genesis chapter 16. You know this story? Abraham is considered the father of the faith. He was married to this woman named Sarai. Eventually was renamed Sarah. Um, and uh, they had a son named Isaac. Uh, but they had a hard time conceiving uh, that boy. And so along the way, Sarah uh, gave her maid, this uh, woman named Hagar, to Abraham uh, to sleep with. So uh, she could kind of be a surrogate mother for a son. Um, and uh, indeed, she became pregnant from Abraham. Uh, but ultimately, that wasn't how God wanted to do it. But there was this boy, Ishmael, that got born. And it caused all sorts of destruction and dysfunction in, in the family, in the clan. And this strange triangle between Abraham and Sarah, and then this maid named Hagar, that became a mother to Abraham's first son. It was just all very weird, particularly when they had the second son. Anyway, here's a story. I'm just gonna read Genesis 16. I just wanted you to appreciate how messed up this situation was going in, okay? Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maid. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed. That dog. He agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. They just restate that because they want you to follow this. And he slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress, began to despise Sarah. Well, that was not nice. Then Sarai said to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my servant in your arms and now she knows she's pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. It just messed up people all around, you know? And this is the family from whence the faith sprung. Uh, your servant is in your hands, Abram said. In other words, I wash my hands of it. You take care of it, woman. I'm out. I did my deed. Typical man. Do with her whatever you think best, he says. There's good leadership for you. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. She ran away, Hagar, this pregnant woman. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, 
Where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, mm, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. You're going to be blessed, in other words. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you're now with child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward his brothers. In other words, your kid's going to be messed up too. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, she said. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Be'er Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. Don't worry about what that means. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. And then the fun commenced from there. Ultimately, the family falls apart, and Hagar and Ishmael had to flee from the clan. What I want to point out about this story is the behavior of God in the midst of it. You have a very messed up young lady named Hagar. How she came to be the maid uh, to Sarah, we don't know exactly, uh, but it was probably uh, an ugly situation. Um, so uh, when she gets pregnant, she gets very uppity. She causes a big trouble instead of being humble and grateful because her, uh, her rank in the clan would have gone up. She's in a messed up situation to begin with, like I said. She caused uh, by a very messed up family, like every relationship in, in the story is incredibly dysfunctional. And she is about to give birth to a kid who would be, according to the prophecy of the Lord's angel, also messed up. Like everything about these people is messed up. Everything about this situation is messed up. And God still sees her and hears her and directs her precisely. And it blows her away such that she needs to call him the God who sees, God who sees me and has allowed me to see him. In other words, the personal God, the individual God that would take notice of this messed up girl in a messed up situation. God sees every person, no matter the situation and no matter they deserve it or not. Um, and God sees what they care about, you know, if it's an unborn child or status or whatever it is. The Lord sees, right? The Lord sees. And he's able to speak really practical wisdom like, hey, Hagar, I get it. You need to go back. And you need to put up with that woman who's bossing you around for a while. It, it ultimately will be okay. Eventually, I will turn this situation into you becoming a great nation. 
And, and your son's gonna have plenty of personal strength. We don't have to worry about that. Fascinating story. God sees every person. He has a plan for every person. So be a person, right? Don't be a part of a crowd, right? Don't be a group assignation. Don't, right, just be a person before the Lord. That's the only way you actually get to speak to him and see him and be seen by him and get directed by him in the way that he wants to direct you. Be a person even if you feel really messed up or even if you're in a very messed up situation, even if everything around you is dysfunctional and you don't know what way to go, you're lost in the desert, be a person because that's how God sees you. Uh, so some, some of you need to get back and submit. It's a piece of advice God said to Hagar. Some of you need to become wild men in the desert, which is what Ishmael's destiny would be, as it turned out. Actually, I sense in my spirit that that word is meaningful to some of you who are hearing it today. You need to be a wild man. Right? You need to be a desert dweller. You need to get your spirit up a little bit. Word to the wise. Um, don't let yourself be controlled by the situation and don't let yourself be controlled by the clan. Uh, and don't let yourself feel lost or unseen because that is not the case before the Lord. God sees you. Now get back to doing you. Uh, if you can't hear him, you're probably not trying. Um, and if you're having trouble, my gosh, get to an Ohana group, by which I mean go to one of the online Ohana groups and ask people to listen for direction from the Lord for you. Right? This is Christianity 101. Right? This is like Genesis type stuff. This is early on type stuff. The Lord will direct you if you feel lost, if you feel like your situation is messed up, if you feel bereft, if you feel pressured unfairly, bossed around. Hey, that's when the Lord shows up and speaks, evidently. So get to an Ohana group if you can't hear him on your own, or even if you can, and have people pray for you and confirm the direction of the Lord for you. Don't be stupid. Get there. Do it. It's time, right? Don't get pushed around. Don't feel adrift. Please. Um, or, you know, contact someone in the church whom you know to be prophetically gifted. Not me. Someone else closer to you, you know. Uh, we've got plenty. We've got plenty. God hears. God sees. God speaks. Uh, even to messed up people in messed up situations. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Provided that you're willing to walk the personal path that he prescribes for you. Are you willing to just kind of clear the decks and listen to what he says? And not just to respond out of the pressure that you feel. Whether you're being bossed around by a situation or a person or a crowd or whatever. Uh, and though you are isolated right now, you're not alone, right? You're not alone. Uh, being an individual doesn't mean being alone necessarily. It just means being your own person. And we're all made to be in a relationship we all have to have community in some way at some point, and we're still a community. Blue Water Mission is a great community. 
uh, for producing powerful individuals and hearing the voice of the Lord in times in which direction is confusing. Um, you need to be able to act independently as the Lord directs, and there are plenty of people available to you in this church to help out and to encourage and to share wisdom. Use them. Uh, finally, uh, one of the things about being a person before the Lord is that you have to learn to take care of yourself. Not in the sense of going it alone and take care of yourself, but in the sense of doing self-care and doing self-strengthening, right? Because you're in charge of you uh, and you bear most of the responsibility for that. So this is a great time for you to think about self-strengthening, if you don't mind me saying. This is a great season to, I don't know, exercise and eat right. Hey. I'm getting a lukewarm response <laughs> to that. Uh, it's a great time, you know, clean up the temple, take care of some business. You know, maybe you have a little, uh, a little time uh, for that. It's a great time to meditate as David did in Psalm 139 when he said, Lord, tell me if there is any hurtful way in me. You know, uh, let me know if I've got interior hangups that are threatening what you want to do in my life, are warping the sort of person that you want me to be. You know, this might be a really cool time in life to do that because the pressures of the world might be flushing some of those things out. You know, you know, it would be great if you came out of this weird season a stronger person than you were when you went into it. That would be great. And I think that's a worthy goal for each person. Well, this is a time to sow. And, uh, and part of that may well be you getting comfortable making strong, independent choices in life. This might be time for some extra decisive action. It might be required, actually, as some of your pillars and plans have been washed away by the chaos of 2020. Um, you know, you might be saying to yourself, well, you know, I don't have this anymore, or man, I lost that. Um, but the Lord sees. Even though it didn't work out the way that you thought it would, the Lord sees, and the Lord hears, and the Lord speaks. You need to be decisive with what he leads you to do, right? This is, this is a time to make strong, independent decisions. Um, this is a time to fortify yourself and to remember that you can do what the Lord has for you to do because um, the Lord makes strong individuals and the sort of people who have been known to slay giants or do miracles and build homes and families and, and take adventures and to bring in harvests, uh, to coax life from the land, uh, even in a, in a dry season. And, and there is a call on you even now to coax life from the land, even though the season didn't work out as you thought. You belong where you are until the Lord moves you on. And so where you are is a blessed place capable of producing fruitfulness. Sow some seed, sink some roots, and invest yourself um, in whatever you can right now. That's what it means to sow. This season is part of the Lord is doing with you. Just do your thing. 
right? The Lord hasn't lost track of you. Embrace that. It's the foundation of being an actual individual. Sermon concluded. Father God, uh, I pray that uh, you would uh, make yourself known, particularly to those of us who feel stranded in an unplanned and disorienting situation. I pray, pray, Lord, that you would fortify us, that you would give us a little bit of direction, and that you would give us good work to do now. Good work to do now. Seed to sow. I pray, Lord, that none of us would uh, lose courage or seek false shelter. Let's pray that again. I, I pray that none of us would lose courage or seek false shelter. Be perfectly happy uh, to be exposed in the desert if you send an angel to take care of me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this week's Blue Water service. We loved having you. And I loved what Jordan had to say about being a kingdom individual. And I think what I loved the most was the part about how God, he uh, has a name for us and a personal encounter and identity for us that only makes sense between us and him. I think that's so beautiful. And we also want to just give a shout out to Jordan for preaching it. Awesome. Just want to give thanks for uh, the way he's been leading us and helping us to become powerful individuals. Jordan, love you. Love you, guy. Um, okay, so if you need prayer, we have a team of people that would love to pray for you. All you got to do is email Julie at julie at bluewatermission.org and someone will get back to you ready and full of faith to minister to you. Yeah, and I was praying for you guys um, this week and I felt like God gave me three things uh, for specific people. The first one is, I believe a family of four and you have a dog with red hair, <laughs> not Clifford, <laughs> a real dog, <laughs> and possibly you have a black Subaru and I just feel like this family has been trying to wrestle with a decision and I just believe God wants you to know that he sees you, he sees your decision and that he's going to lead you in the perfect way. He's with you. Um, the second person, it could be for a couple people, I felt like specifically have been crying out for peace for quite a while, that they're just really wanting God's peace in their heart, in their um, experience, just day-to-day -day life. And I just felt like this week God is going to encounter you. He's going to meet you with His supernatural peace, and you are going to be just changed. You're going to be filled with His, His peace. Um, the third is, I just felt like corporately, there's been a heart cry of so many um, for connection that um, many, I know I have been struggling with just feeling lonely and missing people and missing pe seeing people's faces. But I really believe that God is encountering us um, through even screens, through whatever way he can for us to really achieve true heart-to-heart -heart connection with each other. I believe he's taking the church into a new era of unity where we will have deeper and more authentic and more um, kingdom connections than we ever have before. And I believe this is a season where he's really revealing and rewriting things for us. 
So I just bless you all with that. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. Sorry, I was just getting excited as you were saying that. <laughs> but we bless you guys this week um, to go forth powerfully in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.